Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers. Fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I introduce special guest and author Christopher Vesey. Christopher Vesey has recently published a book, Natural Antibiotics and Antivirals. This book covers 18 infection-fighting herbs and essential oils. In this book, Vesey discusses how nature offers us many natural antibiotics from the plant kingdom that work powerfully against germs while also being gentle on the body. Knowledge of these safe and natural antibiotics and antivirals is more crucial now than ever, as modern antibiotics become less effective due to the growing threat of antibiotic-resistant germs. Natural antibiotics even offer an opportunity to reverse antibiotic resistance by reducing the use of pharmaceutical antibiotics to only the most critical cases. In this guide, Vassi presents 18 of the most potent antibiotic and antiviral herbs from around the world, and one beehive remedy, propolis. He details how to use them effectively as mother tinctures and essential oils, as well as what illnesses each is best suited to treat. It is with great pleasure that I welcome Christopher Vassi to the show. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hello, Jason. Thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate having you as our guest. And I think your, um, your new book, Natural Antibiotics and Antivirals, can be very enlightening to a lot of people. Uh, with the advent of superbugs that are pharmaceutical antibiotic resistant, making headlines across the world and the World Health Organization, raising that as a major concern, I believe your book has great precedence and should be readily read by our audience. I, I wanted to start off by asking you what motivated you to write this book. Well, I am a naturopath. That's uh, that means I treat people with natural means, 
and I usually use uh, herbal remedies. And I am confronted with people who have uh, infections and uh, who don't want to take antibiotics anymore uh, or ha take antibiotics but it doesn't help or have taken uh, many times uh, during the winter, for example, antibiotic and never really worked on them because of the resistance that you were talking about. So that's why I thought that would be a good idea to uh, tell the people, inform the people that they are not only pharmaceutical antibiotics, but they are also natural antibiotics, uh, which are very effective, which can they use, they, they can use uh, themselves or go, go to a naturopath to get them um, treated. And um, in my book, I try to be very practical. So I'm explaining what is the matter, microbes, antibiotics and all. And then giving a list of uh, 18 plants, which I have chosen as being very effective and which I present. And they are, um, uh, these plants can be taken uh, either as teas or essential oils or mother tinctures, different ways so that people can have different um, uh, way of taking these uh, natural antibiotics. And, and also there's a part in the book which shows um, talks about all, there's a list of uh, about 50 common uh, ailments, and I give different suggestions of treatments so that the person can start um, treating himself. Uh, it's the first steps in the world of natural antibiotics. And, and just for our audience, because um, our audience may not know what a naturopath is, I was going to see if you could explain that a little further. What is a naturopath and what do you do? Yeah, well, um, the, let's first with a doctor. The doctor people usually go to, he, uh, when someone is sick, he will try to diagnose what is the illness of the person, and then he will give a remedy which will get rid the person rid of the illness. Um, if he doesn't do a diagnostic, he cannot find uh, the remedy and he cannot treat the person. It's the treatment is against the symptoms of the the illness. It tries to make them uh, disappear so that the person is uh, healthy again, or should we say? doesn't have the illness um, anymore. But a naturopath works in a totally different way. Uh, we try to know uh, what is the cause of the illness. And uh, the cause is for natural medicine is that we become ill because our internal cellular environment, what is called the terrain, that is all the liquids in the cells, around the cells, the blood and so forth, all those liquids, which are together called the terrain, um, are not in order. And that's why we become ill. And there are two main ways in which we can become ill. The terrain can accumulate too many toxins, that is waste products, which are produced by the body, or toxics, which are swallowed with the food or, or, and, yeah, or taken with drinks and so forth. And uh, the other big way we can become ill is that our terrain can be lacking in minerals, vitamins, and so forth. And we want to know, we try to know what is the reason the terrain has, is not in order in, anymore. And that leads us to find the causes in the way the person lives. So they eat too much or they don't eat certain foods or they intoxicate themselves with this or that or they lack exercise, lack oxygen, and so forth. And we then give them advice on how to change the mode of life and also give them remedies not to make the symptoms disappear, but to uh, help the terrain to get its 
real good composition again. And that is uh, herbal remedies to stimulate the excretory organs or to stimulate the heart and, and so forth. So it's a naturopath is someone who uses natural means, to natural remedies to help people cure themselves of their illness. But the, the important thing is a naturopath's natural medicine is not making allopathic medicine with natural remedy. It's something different. As I just explained, there's a whole view of conception of what is an illness, what is health, and that's the way we work. Okay. And I know from my show with prior episodes, we've had people come on and talk. I've had shamans come on and different natural herbal uh, practitioners come on who describe yeah. that the term disease is hyphenated, that you have an illness of the body by understanding the whole system and not reducing it to its different organs. And it's, it's, it's yeah. a different way of looking at everything. And I really like the way that, that that second approach, which I believe naturopaths are, what you guys follow, yeah. is that you look at it from the perspective of the body as a total system and probably look at mind, body, and spirit as one with, with the uh, plant kingdom and, and natural herbs and remedies. I think that's phenomenal. Sorry, I just want oh, to yeah. say uh, it's a global view of um, of the patient. And this enables us to, to find many interesting things to cure, to, to change in his way of life. And we don't get stuck on one detail as doctor can be because he has a very fragmentary way of. And I also wanted to thank you for coming and uh, for appearing by calling in from Switzerland. Is that where you're at right now, I believe? I just want to share that with our audience and thank you for making your appearance with us. You're yeah, like well, ahead I'm, of us right now from the East Coast, I believe, too. So I appreciate you uh, appearing on our show. It's 6, 6 yeah. p.m. Okay. now. And we're currently recording this on a Sunday, September 2nd. Let me, let me ask you this. I was looking at your book as I was reviewing it, and I know your first chapter talks about the history of natural antibiotics. And it goes back as far as the Aborigines in Australia at the start yeah. of your book. And I want to see if you could talk a little about that for purposes of our interview today. Of how, so basically, this has been something that's existed probably since the beginning of our society. Yeah. But um, to say first that um, in those times, people didn't know what a microbe was. Microbes were discovered on, in the 19th century or a bit about. And, but they, they knew that uh, they, could, they were suffering, so they knew there was an illness. And they uh, looked around to, or they were inspired to find the plants which were, could help them. And it's a very old story. As you said, primitive people, tribes, had many different kinds of plants. They knew about different plants which could cure their illnesses. They didn't know what the microbe was. They, they didn't know what antibiotics were. But they knew that plant would help in this case and in that case and so forth. And it's all this knowledge which was on plants, which has been gathered through the centuries, which uh, is the knowledge we have of plants nowadays. Modern science has not discovered very much about plants which um, our ancestors knew already. But of course now there's a more specific, uh, deeper knowledge of it, but uh, it's not, uh, not new. So all through history, man has used antibiotics, plants, in fact, yeah. And um, it's only in the 1920s that the antibiotics, uh, penicillin, the first antibiotic was discovered by someone, uh, Fleming. It was a very good discovery to, to make then because plants used to 
uh, were not so much used anymore, or the knowledge about the antibiotics virtue of plants were not available anymore. So with this kind of... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Antibiotic, which could be produced in a, in a, firm, in a labor, laboratory, uh, something which helped really a lot mankind because before that, many people died of infection infections because there were not any uh, remedy available. And with that, it was really a great help. But it was badly used, and that leads to, uh, had led to uh, res- building resistance, and which you mentioned at the beginning. Definitely. And then in terms of your, chapter four of your book talks about the five lines of natural defense within the body, I believe, for our immune system. And I wanted to see if you could highlight that for our audience as well. So just in terms of the understanding within the context of your book. Yeah. When someone is has an infection, his body can fight against it. We don't necessarily need antibiotics. Uh, I mean, if we didn't know anything about antibiotics, it would not mean that we cannot cure ourselves of an infection because the body has an immune system which can fight against uh, infections. And there are four stages of defense. The first one is the skin or the mucous membranes, which are secrete uh, substances which can kill the microbes. When the, the microbes enter in contact with the skin, there's a certain products which can kill it. If it doesn't, which can be the case, then the microbe will come in the body. And there the, first, the second la- uh, line of defense are the macrophage. They are huge cells. Macro means huge and big. And uh, these cells, they will eat the, the microbes. They can eat even many microbes at the same time. And uh, that's one way of fighting, a second way of fighting against the infections. And then there are, the third one, third line is uh, made of uh, white blood cells, lymphocytes, which secrete substances. They are in direct contact with the microbe and they secrete enzyme substances which will kill the microbe. That's a close fight. But these white cells, well, other kind of white cells, will secrete substances which will then be carried by the blood to the microbes, to where the microbes are, and then kill the microbes over there. So that's four different lines of defense. And what I have not mentioned is that the terrain, the internal environment of our body, when it is healthy, when it's not full of toxins and there's no lack of vitamin and so forth, the terrain is, when the terrain is in good health, microbes who, which arrive in it cannot survive very easily because it's not an environment they like. What they like is an environment full of toxins, waste products, toxics, and lack of vitamin, and then they can settle and multiply and then give an infection. 
So the body is equipped with many different ways of fighting infections. Great. And then in reference to pharmaceutical antibiotics, I know, well, one thing I want to say is the five lines of defense for the body act in synergy with each other, meaning they're all at the same time this is going on inside our bodies from the skin straight into the cellular level. And that's something we don't really think about when we get a sore throat or a sniffle. You don't think that your body has five lines of immunity defense that tries to kill these germs and microbes as they penetrate into the body. And I, I think that's a pretty fascinating thing when you think about it in terms of our natural system. Yes. I don't know if you had any comment on that, but uh, it, it, it's great. You, you know, when you have these five lines of defense and then you'll have a germ or microbe penetrate all those five, then that's when people since the last hundred years or so, we had the pharmaceutical yeah. antibiotics that have been used. I'd want to ask you, in terms of the, and you've covered a little about the beginning of antibiotics and how they were started, you know, when we just went over it already. But t- can you tell me a little about how you think germs are becoming antibiotic resistant, the pharmaceutical antibiotic at this point in the last hundred years? Yeah. A microbe is a living being, and it's, if it's attacked by something, it will defend itself. And it is attacked by antibiotics. And if it is in contact long enough with the antibiotic, the microbe can develop, produce a system to defend itself against the antibiotic. But the condition is that it must be in contact with the antibiotic and also in contact for a long time and before it can be killed by the antibiotic. So when antibiotics are used very correctly, I mean, it is well chosen, it's for the microbe in question, the microbe dies very quickly and cannot defend itself. But what happens is that sometimes antibiotic tri- treatments are not well done, prescribed. An antibiotic is given, which is not really the one meant for the microbe. So the microbe is not attacked, really. It can react and build a resistance. And also, sometimes doctors will give antibiotics, less nowadays, but in the past, against viral infections, but antibiotics have no effect against viruses. So that's another contact between uh, microbes and antibiotics, which uh, are not effective and which enables the microbes to develop a resistance. Developing a resistance means that the microbe, when it will enter in contact with the antibiotic, will not be disturbed by it at all. It will not be killed. doesn't matter. He has a system to defend himself. And usually it's a system which neutralizes the enzymes which the antibiotic brings and which would destroy the, the microbe. But also another reason for the developing of resistance is not in relation with what doctors have done, but with the patients. Because many people have heard that, well, antibiotics are not so good. So when they take some, they'll say, I won't take follow the dose, I will take less. And so uh, my body will not suffer as much from the antibiotics. But by doing that, they are not taking, taking the dose to kill the microbe. So the microbe doesn't die, is in contact with the antibiotic, and it can develop a resistance. Or another mistake is that the patient doesn't follow the instruction, you've got to take the antibiotic for two weeks, for example, They say, I'll stop after one week. But here again, the microbe is not killed and will develop a resistance. So it's a lack of information and lack of information which brings all those uh, resistance by the microbes. And also, 
maybe this enthusiasm of less nowadays because but in the past antibiotics were so handy so effective they were used again and again for all sorts of things even when it was not necessary and that brought the microbes in contact with antibiotics without being killed and they could develop resistance. Well, and I know a lot of people, not only if they develop the resistance to it, they'll also have to up the dosage for people down the road. If, let's say a lower dosage was originally acceptable for the antibiotic to treat something. Now, as resistance is further yeah. along, they're going to have to do more of the same thing to yeah. try to have the same effect from years ago, and that's not good for the body. Yeah, that's true. Huh? The, the, the doses must be uh, increased, otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. And uh, now, so antibiotics don't, the first antibiotics don't work so well as anymore. The second generation of antibiotics, it's natural substances, penicillin, but with another substance which has been uh, produced in a lab- laboratory, and, uh, or one or two or three. So, and then the last kind of antibiotics, they don't have, are totally synthetic. I mean, they're, they're produced, then there's nothing taken in nature or it's all synthetic chemicals because of the resistance. I can imagine that. And plus, there's also harmful side effects of antibiotics where you get your bad back, you get your good bacteria that's actually the good flora in the intestinal tract gets affected. And I want to see, can you tell us a little about that? Because I know you mentioned that in your book as well. Yeah, sure. We have um, many microbes in our intestines. It's called the intestinal flora. And these microbes are nice, good ones. <laughs> helpful ones because they help us to digest. We really need them to to digest uh, correctly. And um, when someone takes antibiotics, the drawback is that it can kill those, not all, but many of those microbes of the intestinal flora so that the person cannot digest correctly anymore. And what happens is that this person will have diarrhea because of the lack of good digestion. When some people well, many people, when they take antibiotics, have di- diarrhea because that's uh, a side effect of antibiotic. But the bad thing about it is that the microbes, many microbes which come into our body come with the food or drinks, so in our digestive tube, and they come in contact first with the intestinal uh, flora. And this flora is very powerful to kill pathogenic uh, microbes coming into the digestive tube. But this flora must be in in a good shape. If it's uh, weakened, not very, um, there are not too many microbes in the flora, then external microbes, the pathogenic uh, germs, will be able to settle in the intestine, multiply, and then, well, give an illness uh, in the digestive tube, like enteritis or gastroenteritis and so forth. Or the microbes can then Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Move towards other parts of the body, the respiratory tract or other parts, and start infections uh, there. Very interesting. And then one of the concepts, when I hear 
antibiotic resistant germs. I'm thinking that that's a permanent thing and you can't reverse the germs being resistant to antibiotics. But you've noticed several several examples where it looks like that's possible. It's possible to resist. In other words, it's possible to reverse germs being resistant to antibiotics. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It has been noticed, uh, well, a bit all over the world that if there's a lot of resistance in the population against antibiotics, one can stop the use of antibiotics and try to deal with the illnesses in another way. And after one or two years, the, the microbes will have lost their resistance against the antibiotics because microbes are very often, they're always adapting to the situation they are facing. So when there's no antibiotic coming anymore, well, they, they're not using this defense and they will then, this resistance, I mean, and therefore they will lose it with time. So it is true, it is, there is a reversible uh, process which can take place and people can then again be uh, receptive to antibiotics. I mean, pharmaceutical antibiotics. And I think that leads us to going into the crux of your book regarding natural antibiotics. And I wanted to talk about this because I think this is the most fascinating thing I've seen in quite some time. How did you, and I know you mentioned 18 remedy profiles for natural antibiotics. How did you pick the 18 that you selected for the book to be highlighted and discussed? Well, they are the most uh, effect I knew. Other people would uh, maybe mention others, but they are uh, herbal herbs which can uh, usually work very well on most people. And that's why I, I have uh, chosen them. Just about uh, natural antibiotics, because we were talking about resistance. In fact, the natural antibiotics, the germs cannot develop a resistance against natural antibiotics. And the reason for that is that the antibiotics used by, produced by, by in pharmacies are made of one, two, three molecules, and a, a microbe can deal with two or three molecules. But the natural remedies have, are made of maybe 10 or 15 or 30 different molecules which together have an antibiotic effect. And that's too many. The microbes cannot produce 30 different kind of uh, resistance. It's too much for them. And that's why, and that's the good thing, the good news, that natural antibiotics, well, there's no resistance against them. You can use them over and over again. It, it will always work. And in terms of the natural antibiotics, they could be pounded into a capsule as well, just like regular. Would they be processed by, how would you administer them to somebody who, let's say, is reading this book or listening to this show? What would they do to obtain yeah. these natural antibiotics? Well, there are different ways. As the natives in Australia, you mentioned at the beginning of many years, centuries ago, they didn't have any capsule. They just take the plant and make a tea with it or swallow it directly, but make a tea. We, we can make a herbal tea of antibiotic plants like uh, thyme, for example. Uh, you take a little of, of thyme, put it in hot water, let it draw for 10 minutes, and you, then you drink it. And the antibiotic substances are then in your body to fight against the infection. Well, usually it's uh, used against infection of respiratory tract, so when people have colds or coughing, bronchitis, and so forth. So that's one way in the form of a tea. But the plant can also be dried and then transformed into powder and put into a capsule. That's another way of okay. taking it. And that's two ways. But there are two other ways to do it. Uh, the plant can be put into alcohol for a certain time in a certain quantity, and it will give a mother tincture. Active substance will have come out of the plant and gone into the alcohol. 
And then it's a question of taking a certain number of drops with water three times a day or four or five, depends, not the tincture. And the fourth one, which is in fact the most powerful, is in the form of essential oils or ethereal oils. You know, if you rub a leaf of mint, peppermint, you, you've got the fragrance of mint coming out because you have uh, broken small drops of cells in the leaf which are full of oil. And that's where the antibiotic substance are. So there's a process to take leaves of a plant we know that an, contains antibiotic substances and then by a special process to extract all this oil. And then uh, the oil is put in small uh, bottles. Now, to show you how powerful uh, this or how concentrated these essential oils are, is that if you want, you, you have to take 100 kilo of eucalyptus leaves, 100 kilo, to get three kilos of uh, ethereal oils. So that's wow. uh, very concentrated. And for time, you need 100 kilo to obtain 200 grams of essential oil. So it's not, uh, it's very concentrated and one should know how to use them not to get uh, into trouble because some of them are very soft. You can take them easily, but some are quite strong and, I mean, aggressive for the skin or the mucous membranes of the digestive tubes. So it has to be diluted um, with a dispersant or taken in a special way. Uh, but it's all explained in the book, yeah. So those are the four ways, forms in which these plants can be taken. Let me ask you this. Here in the United States, you go to a pharmacy. If the doctor writes you a prescription, you could take that, anti that antibiotic prescribed by the doctor. In this type of case, if you decided that you wanted to try natural antibiotics, who do you believe, I guess go online to find out about it, because I don't believe it's regulated by government. Is that correct? Since it's natural, no, it's something not, you'd be no. able to get through an alternate source. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not uh, in, recommended. In you you could decide by your own to take natural antibiotic. You just have to buy them in, in the shop. Okay. And it, I know it's definitely readily available. In the United States, we have places called Whole, Whole Foods um, that has stuff like this. And I know... Yeah. The advent of the internet, you could find anything everywhere on Amazon and those type of things. Yeah. In terms of in terms of what treats what, like for example, these eighteen remedy profiles, and I, I see that you've mentioned basil, English lavender, eucalyptus, aioli, oregano, palmarosa, rain straw, savory, tea tree, and thyme. You mentioned thyme already. Thyme. You've yeah. also mentioned the mother tinctures. What I want to ask you is, let's say that you had a, a really bad head and it's not going away. And instead of taking an aspirin or an ibuprofen, which of these natural remedies would you recommend as being effective to treat a headache? Well, um, a headache is not uh, of, because of an infection, so I wouldn't sure. recommend any of those. <laughs> but um, sure. that's, uh, it, take, uh, instead of an aspirin, take an anti-inflammatory uh, remedy. And um, there are many plants also. And in fact, uh, I've written a book on anti-inflammatory <laughs> natural anti-inflammatory uh, remedies. So, yeah, but that's an, another question. But if, for example, someone is coughing, have bronchitis, bronchitis, I would uh, recommend eucalyptus. Yeah, what I've got to say is those plants I have mentioned have a very broad uh, spectrum of action. So they, they can cure many, they can kill many different kinds of microbes, which is not the case with spermatocycle antibiotics uh, usually. And they, therefore, they can be used in a very supple way. But each of them have a more effective, some organs are 
well, they are more effective in, when the infection are in certain organs. And eucalyptus is a plant which is very well known to be very effective for all the respiratory uh, infections. So the person will take uh, essential oil uh, by ethyl oils of eucalyptus. And the way to take it is to take three or five times a day three drops of ethereal oils of eucalyptus, uh, either with uh, honey and then swallowed. It's no use mixing it with water because it doesn't mix. It's oil and water doesn't mix. It must be something else. So that would be a case or mix with the food or in a capsule or with dispersant. Uh, a dispersant is something which will emulsify the oil, break it in very fine uh, bubbles and very small and uh, which are then easy to swallow and which will not be aggressive for the mouth and stomach and so forth. And then the ethereal oils are in the body. They will go very quickly into the flesh in the blood and the blood will, as the blood circulates all over the body, it will bring them to the lungs and it, it will then act there. It has been the speed of penetration of ethereal oils is very fast. It has been tested. If you rub some essential oil in on your skin, you, after 20 minutes, it starts coming out from your lungs. You are um, with the air, you expire. It was already coming out. So it's a, a quick process. And then, well, that's for bronchitis, for example. That's a great example, though, because I, I can see what you're describing. Basically, the body metabolizes the substance, and it goes through your system, and it goes to where it's needed to be administered. And then it has an effective remedy against those, you know, against the, either antiviral or against, against the virus or the microbe. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, a point uh, maybe we should uh, underline, is that antibiotics which uh, are sold in pharmacy, I mean, which are prescribed by the doctor, only act on bacteria, fungi, which, which is already quite good, but they never uh, work on viruses. There's no effect on viruses. And the number of remedy against viruses is very small for a doctor. And, um, but nature offers many, many uh, antiviruses, antiviral uh, plants, which are, uh, I mentioned several in my books. And that's should be known more by more people because some people are very ill with viruses, but there's not really the remedies for it if you go in the usual system. But if you go in the natural way, then you can find many. An example, basil. Basil is a nice plant to eat with tomatoes and so forth. And it had, it's, when they search about it, they, it had no, not really, it was not effective against bacteria. But then they, they discovered it was very, very powerful against viruses. So that's a good thing to know. Another plant which is very effective against viruses is Havintaha. It's a herb from uh, somewhere in Africa, if I remember well. And that's very powerful. And it's also an ethyl oil which is very um, soft. I mean, not aggressive, gentle. Yeah, gentle is the one. It can be rubbed on the skin and then it will penetrate in the body. That's a way of using it. Because this is possible with having Saha. It's very, what would we say, soft, gentle. But some uh, ethereal oil are very strong, like thyme. It's very, very strong. You should never rub it on our, your skin because then you would be burnt by it. So, so I mean, the, wow. people must be a bit cautious. But it's all explained in the book and in other books too. This plant is very gentle. This one is very aggressive. You've got to be careful and so forth. But if you follow the instructions, then it's, it's
it's fine. That's great. And think about it this way. When it comes to plants, they've, they've been around since the beginning of time and have developed their own immunities against these germs. So that would make sense. Why not utilize these in our own natural defenses by absorbing what they have already in their system? When you think of evolution, plants have existed for thousands yeah. and hundreds of thousands of years. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite wonderful that, um, like our immune system we were talking about, there's not only one way of defending ourselves, there are four or five ways, and we don't have to do anything. The body is, is created like that and uh, has developed different uh, faculties too. And we, well, it's a, a great gift. Huh? And the plants have so Absolutely. many useful substances we can use. Well, it's a gift too. It's, we can just be happy and grateful with it and use them because the tendency today is to produce our own human beings like to produce their own medicine in with chemicals and all but nature offers them uh, already made and a whole lot of variety of different substances which can be used one of the things in the united states that's been popularized is the use of echinacea or as you call it purple coneflower i wanted to yep. see if you could talk a little about echinacea it's used to, it's common knowledge here in the united states that Echinacea can help boost the immune system. So if you're going through cold or flu season and you rely on taking echinacea as a supplement, it might reduce your risk of getting some type of infection. And I wanted to see yep. if you could just share your personal knowledge of echinacea and how it falls within boosting the immune system or working against viruses yep. and bacteria and microbes. Yeah. Well, as you say, it's very well known in uh, in the States. It came, the knowledge of this, the effectiveness of this plant came to Europe too, and for many years now, we are also using it. Many people are using it. And the, the, it is true. And it works. It's very, it has antibiotics properties, but also it boosts our immune system. And some people, every, when the winter starts, the bad season, it's becoming cold and rainy and so forth. They start taking every day, uh, so three times a day, uh, 20 drops of echinacea to, to be prepared. If viruses come in the body, they will be destroyed uh, very quickly. And many people are very happy with this kind of uh, treatment. It is effective. Well, same as for you. <laughs> yeah. We Europeans are not very different. <laughs> we are similar, in fact. Absolutely. Yeah. So you could, you could actually, because I like essential oils, I like peppermint and different ones. And do you, would you recommend to our audience that you... You can use this as a preventative measure. For example, like you were describing someone taking it in Asia during cold or flu season. Um, yeah. can, can people take these all the time and not have to worry that they have adverse effects on the body if you take it as a, as a preventative measure? Yeah, you can take it as a preventative measure. But uh, some ephemeral oils are very strong, like thyme, oregano, and so forth. And you can't take them for, for, age, for months. Right? It's uh, five days, ten days, and then you stop usually. But you can ethereal oils, which are much uh, softer, like lavender or Havintsara, just mentioned. Havintsara, very powerful antiviral, and this is not aggressive at all. So some people will rub their chests every day with it, and the ethereal oil will come into their lungs and be ready to fight against uh, the viruses. Or some people put a few drops on their handkerchief and breathe it, uh, different moments during the day or put it in a little bowl of water which is on the radiator and it will then go into the air and there are also special machines to well machines small kind of uh, to 
projects uh, very small drops of ethereal oils in the air. So the air is saturated with this oil. It smells good in the room, and it kills all the microbes. And you, you breathe in those drops, and they, they, they are in the right place in the nose, respiratory uh, tract. So that's a, uh, a way of doing it. Yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, ethereal oil, I, I quite, it's a way. But mother tincture can be taken every day without problem, those drops in alcohol. And if the person takes, well, chimian time, for example, three times, 10 drops a day, it will be effective to, to, to be ready to fight again any microbes or viruses which come in. Or if someone drinks every morning or several times a day tea from um, eucalyptus or thyme or oregano and so forth, that's, uh, that will also help. I was going to say, I think that's fascinating to think about this because you could literally open up your body's ability to fight against these things and not have to rely on the antibiotics all the time. You have, as you said, these natural antibiotics have like numerous forms of attacks for the microbes that pharmaceutical antibiotics only have a, a few. So that's why it yeah. sounds like it really will boost your five lines of immunity that we discussed yeah. earlier to help the body kind of fine tune it, up, you know, offensive measures against yeah. any type of infection that could be threatening it. Yeah. Can you uh, describe... Sorry, a notion in natural medicine is um, uh, a saying is the germ is nothing, the terrain is all. If someone is healthy, has a healthy terrain that is not full of toxins, not lacking vitamin, minerals, the terrain is so strong that the, the person will not uh, get flu or any infection because the microbes is nothing, as the saying says. And many people have experienced that or has observed that. When there is an epidemic, a flu epidemic, many people get sick, but some are in the middle, surrounded by other people with flu, and they do not get the flu. And the reason for that is not that they avoided, managed to not be in contact with the virus because they have, but it's because the terrain is so strong, the virus cannot survive. So that's if one takes care of our health, our body, uh, our terrain, then we would have very, very few uh, illnesses because it all starts in the, the Teha. When you say Teha, can you spell that just for my audience and it? Because I, I want to make sure they know what that is because it seems like a very vital and important thing. Yeah, it's T-E-R-R-A-I-N. The terrain, okay. Or terrain, yeah. Or the, that's the... the sh- shortest word. Otherwise, it's the internal cellular environment, but it's a bit long. So, um, you know, as, as <laughs> I said, it's the, the cells are full of water and uh, of liquid, and they are surrounded by liquid, and all those liquids are what we call the terrain. And if the composi- there's an ideal composition of this terrain, which makes the body resistant to uh, the microbes. But as soon as this composition is not kept anymore because there are toxins or um, lack of vitamins or force, then then the the microbes can settle in. And the the worse is the terrain, well, the more uh, happy are the microbes to come in and settle in. Very interesting to, to, to hear about. I wanted to get into the mother tinctures a little more, bearberry, bearberry, and what it yeah. 
practical uses you found are it's most effective in treating? Uh, bearberry is very effective against uh, cystitis. It's very commonly used here. It's a question of taking three times 30 to 50 drops a day and uh, drink a lot of water, of course, also. And it will, with the antibiotics in that plant, will have a very effective effect against the microbes. And there's another plant which is very effective for the same problem. It's mouse ear orkweed. Uh, maybe it's less known, but it's also very effective against cystitis. Same kind of uh, uh, dosage, three times, 30 to 50 drops. But now, if someone has, there are illnesses, uh, infections which are minor and some are very severe. If someone has every now and again a cystitis and knows it's not too strong and all, then he can start with this kind of plant. If the cystitis is there and it's tremendously strong and uh, then I would recommend, as the person doesn't know really how to too well how to take things, to take uh, to go to a health practitioner to, to be followed, which can give uh, professional advice. It's just a me measure of cautious. So be cautious when one takes natural antibiotics. It's the illness must not be too severe because. Uh, one has to know how to use them to be able to use them when it's a very severe case. I mean, just be prudent. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> that's a that's an excellent point we haven't raised yet. Is in other words, if you're if you're dealing with a severe severe case of something, that's not going to be the time to take this. It would likely be when you have a sore throat or sniffles and it's not a major infection where you don't have to rely on antibiotics all the time. Pharmaceutical antibiotics, I mean. That if you wind up, you know, if, it, if it's a severe thing that's not getting any better, then at that point you'd recommend looking at all your sources of treatment, including traditional doctors at some yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. And so one should, uh, not, the way I like No, no, one should not be too one-sided. Exactly. This is something uh, serious. If we can deal with it with natural ways, well, that's really good. It's the first step. If it's not possible, then we can be also grateful that there are more, well, different kind of remedies and analyzes of uh, the blood and so forth, which can help us. But as soon, as long as it's minor, minor or not too severe, it's possible to do it on ourselves, if, if not to go to a naturopath or someone who can help. And if it's not helping enough, then uh, also to go to a doctor. What I really like about this, more important than anything else, is it can expand your, your repertoire, your regiment of possible treatments for common ailments and common, you know, illnesses. That, yep. That's what I like the most about this is that you don't have to run to the doctor all the time unless it's – and now you're also possibly fighting these antibiotic-resistant germs because if they come into your body and you use natural antibiotics to remedy it, you're not relying on those antibiotics that are pharmaceutical in nature, and it may make it less likely that these germs will change into resistant forms, which is good for us as a society. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, as we have about eight minutes left in our episode, and I want to ask you if anyone wanted to look up your information further, because I know you do have several other books that you wrote. Such example, you, you did mention natural remedies for inflammation. Where would they find you online? What would be your personal website that you'd recommend to our audience to look at this information further? Yes, I have a website in which I present uh, my books. You've got a photo of the books. You've got content of the book and a summary and articles on the subject of the book or extra excerpt of the book. And there are also a few videos and so forth. And my, the address of my website is 3w.christophervesey, in one word, Christopher and Vesey. Vesey is V-A-S 
E Y and then dot C H C H for Switzerland. This is they are the initials for Switzerland. So Christopher Vesey okay. in one word dot C H. Okay, great. In reference to are you on any social media at all? Or is there anything else other than your website? I just want to make sure if our audience is on like something like a Facebook or an Instagram, if there's anything like that that you have um, available, I want to make sure that's available as well. No, everything is on on the website. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. But uh, well, all the information me, is there. <laughs> and I really, I, I want to tell you, I'm very impressed with your book because I like the way you lay out the background and history of natural antibiotics in the beginning of the book. Then you proceed to identify the 18 that you mentioned plus the mother tinctures. And then what I like that I find interesting towards the end of your book are your treatments for 50 common infections. For example, if someone was to have abscess of the tooth, I like the fact that you recommend echinacea as a mother tincture or tea tree and lavender essential oil. Yeah. I, I find that these, where did you, de- where did you determine these 50 common treatments for the infections as this part of your book? Where did you arrive at these from? Well, those are the most common, um, Illnesses, so I thought that's the most uh, useful to give information for. And uh, for each of these uh, illnesses, I give not one treatment, but three examples of uh, treatment. And I try to be quite uh, various, give a variety, because I give remedies to take orally, the drops or so forth, but also to use topical, that is, um, to rub on the skin uh, for the antibiotic substance to come uh, go into the, into the body. And it's also sometimes, in the example, I've got ethereal oils or mother tinctures or, or, or so that all the different kinds of uh, things are possibilities are, are given. And, for, well, the, the reader might want more to take ethereal oils than mother tincture or the, the reverse. And everybody can find different things to, to help it. Uh, himself. Uh. And can people do these three different versions at the same time? Or would you recommend trying no. one like oral and topical? No, no, it's, no, no, it's, it's one uh, example. Uh, I've got there's three examples, for example. One example is one has to choose one and follow it. The three together okay. would be much too much. Uh, yeah. Uh, one, one That's time. why I want to make yeah. sure I highlight that for our audience. So if they do pick up your book, they know that. Where do you, let me ask you this. There's a line of thought that if you look at the Amazon rainforest, all these plants that are in that proximity may not have even been discovered yet. And I want to ask you, based on your background and what you've, you've learned with natural antibiotics and antivirals, do you believe that there is likely a plant that we haven't discovered yet that'll treat something like cancer in the future? Like, what are your thoughts on that, about undiscovered plants that might really give us that missing remedy? Yeah. Um, what I think is, as a natural path, is that illnesses are cured less by remedy than by getting the terrain healthy again. That's the basic thing we do in naturopathy, and remedies come in afterwards. So like cancer, we, there are remedies against cancer, but uh, the remedies from the doctor, they act in killing the cells. But the natural remedies against cancer are plants which will help the immune system to fight the cancerous cells. They, they fight it again in the same way as they do with microbes, by destroying it in different ways. And if a, nat- a naturopath, the way to treat it is to take the plant which will act on the cancerous cells, but then also work on the terrain, so to make it the more healthy possible, so that cancerous cells cannot 
survive because the surrounding is not friendly to, to them. That's the way to do it. So I don't believe there would be one plant which can just be taken and cure cancer like that by by a miracle. There are, there are no miracles. It's all there. Are always reason why a plant or a treatment acts, and it acts because the terrain is made more healthy and the immune system is stimulated to fight more and so forth. I think that's a fascinating point that if you if you look at it, the body itself can be maintained in such a way where you boost the tehar, as you call it, and the breakdown of the natural immunities within the body. I, I understand that point. That makes a very valid point. Yeah. I just wanted to really thank you for appearing on our show today because we're already running low on time. I want to ask you, are you coming stateside anytime in the future to promote your book? Uh, well, no, nothing is planned to come to the U.S. for the book. Yeah. But I, I make myself available by phone for radio programs. That's great. That's great. And I know my audience will definitely appreciate this episode when they get a chance to hear it. Because what I like to do with this podcast is expand people's uh, paradigm. Not going and running to a doctor if you have a slight sore throat or the sniffles, as we call it, the cold. But relying yeah. on alternate sources so that your body can stay fine-tuned on its own and, and keep the natural immunities in check so that when you really need the antibiotic for a more serious condition, it'll be effective in combating and fighting the illness without having to worry about uh, resistance to it by the germ or virus. I think that what you're doing as a naturopath is phenomenal for us as a society because we need people like you to promote this kind of research for our own self-care and to prevent antibiotic-resistant bugs and germs from being a major problem even further than it's been already. But we, you know, we, we want to keep things in check, and I think this is, your book's a great start with that as well. For that, I deeply thank you for coming onto, onto the show and, and, and appearing for our episode. Well, I was very happy to talk with you, answer your questions. Thank you for having invited me. It was fun. If anyone wanted to reach you directly, do you have an email address you'd recommend, or do you, would you refer them to your website? On my website, there's a, a contact page. They can write an email. Okay. And Perfect. on my website, huh? Yep. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Vesti, for coming on and for joining us for this episode. And it's been a pleasure. I wish you the greatest success with this book. I'm going to share your information with our audience. And I look forward to, if you have other books in the future, please keep us in mind because I would love to be able to have yep. you on again. Yeah, fine. Thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. I just wanted to really thank Mr. Vesti for coming on. The name of this book, once again, is Natural Antibiotics and Antivirals, 18 Infection-Fighting Herbs and Essential Oils. For all of us as a society, having the opportunity and the ability to keep an open mind and looking at other natural remedies to maintaining our five lines of immunity, I think that that's a phenomenal thing. You can look at it as a, a long-term maintenance, the acts of prevention, preventing illnesses from even taking root in the body through, an holi through a holistic approach. And that's what I think this book can give you in terms of knowledge to combat common day viruses and germs. I recommend it highly. Once again, Mr. Vassi's website is www.ChristopherVassi.ch. You can find his book on his website directly. His publisher is known as Inner Traditions Baron Company. And you can also find his book featured on their website at innertraditions.com. Check this out, and it's about 208 pages. There's 
a bunch of recommendations for different conditions that I think would be very valuable to look at. I'm all about expanding one's paradigm, shifting your perspective, and giving you the opportunity to look at larger approaches. And that's why I was very happy to have Mr. Vassi on today, and I really thank him for his work as a naturopath. His other books also specialize in detoxification and rejuvenation, including the Acid Alkaline Diet for Optimum Health, Natural Remedies for Inflammation, Liver Detox, and Freedom from Constipation. Thank you so much. Here's our out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers. Fresh for everyone. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.